0: Hey, this is Sam. And before this podcast gets started, I wanted to remind you that we are looking at a book in a few weeks called Originals by Adam Grant. And uh, we realized that we hadn't told you what book we we're going to do next. And we always love it when you read along with us and submit your questions. So pick up your copy of Originals by Adam Grant.
1: Welcome to the Richard Blackby Leadership Podcast. Helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackaby Ministries International.
0: Well, we are back with another Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast, and I'm here with none other. The Richard, one and only. The one and only. It's good to be with you, Sam. The, the, my favorite Richard Blackley. <laughs> You're my favorite son-in-law. Oh, well, that's high <laughs> praise, high praise. I'll try and stay that you, way. You moved
1: up from number two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for those who don't know, he only has one son-in-law, so uh, yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, it's good to be back, and uh, thank you all for listening, and, and we're glad to have you with us. Um, this week, we wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, we've... we've I guess maybe it's been a year and a half now that we've been doing this podcast.
1: Yeah. 60
0: plus. Time's flown by. It has, man. It just in a blink. Uh, 60 plus episodes. And we thought it would be good to maybe pause here and look at some of Richard's uh, leadership in the past. What what was it that got him into leadership? And so we're going to do that today. And uh, Richard, I'd like to just maybe start by asking, what what first got you into leadership or interested in leadership? Was there something early on in your life that was like, man, I, like, I feel I'm called into leadership or uh, like, uh, you know, yeah. or was it a series of events or maybe probably just tell us, uh, some of, of how you got started or, and initially interested yeah. in well, leadership.
1: Uh, it started out, I think just, uh, gradually, but I'm, I'm a firstborn child and there certainly are some stereotypes that come with that. Uh, yeah and so i at an early age i just always felt the burden of of uh, coming up with stuff for me and my siblings to do so uh, we'd be sitting around bored and inevitably i would start thinking of well let's play this let's do that let's go in the backyard and let's build this and uh, because i would just even as a child you know you'd be sitting around kind of bored and it was just amazing to me how people can just sit around and, and accomplish very little until someone starts leading. And it, they don't have to be necessarily really dynamic or they don't have to even see themselves as a leader. They just, someone steps up and says, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we play yeah. that? You be on this side, I'll be on this side. You don't, you be this, you have this role. You ride on that tricycle, I'll do this on this scooter. And the next thing you know, like off you go. And yeah. I just began to realize Wow, you know, there, there really there's no limit to what we can do and how much we can have fun if instead of sitting around just being bored or watching TV, uh all you have to do is start leading and people respond and
0: and did you did you were you aware of that uh, even at a young age saying well, you like, just I'm, start noticing I'm being a leader now or I
1: don't think I necessarily saw myself as a leader I just real leaders I don't I don't think necessarily see themselves that way they just start leading you know they just yeah. they just fill in a, a vacuum and so I've I've often said I don't have to be the leader i I, I can, I've been a committee member, I've served uh, as an employee in years past, uh, and and I'm happy to do that. As long as I'm working under a leader, as long as someone is leading, I'm happy to follow. I just just don't want to waste my time. And so if someone is making good use of my time and saying, hey Richard, can you do that and do that, and I'm going to get this in place, and I'll take care of that, and you just need to be here and do this uh, great, you know, just tell me what to do. I'm happy to, I don't have to be in charge. It's not about me. Like my self-esteem isn't like d- dependent upon being the the top guy in charge. But if everyone's sitting around and listlessly bored and, yeah. and an organization is just flatlined and we've got all kinds of problems and no one is addressing them, then that drives people like me crazy. And so you just start to realize, uh, you know, I, and, and even just as a child, you start to realize here we're We were all sitting around bored. And then I came up with an idea. Let's go play this. And for the next hour and a half, we had a blast. And even other kids in the neighborhood came and joined us. And all of a sudden, we've got this epic game going on in our front yard. And only an hour before, everybody in the whole neighborhood was bored. And all of a sudden, it's the happening place. And so growing up, that was often what our house was like. We, We had an ordinary house, ordinary yard. But almost every evening... It was just packed out and i eventually as a kid i started building an ice rink in our backyard because we (laughs) lived in canada you just put a garden hose in in the garden and the next day you had an ice rink and we would have epic long hockey games just day after day in the backyard until i mean it was just time to come in and go to bed and everybody in the neighborhood would come by and i'd organize teams and i arranged you know the whole rink and the goals and um and i just realized life is just so much better when someone leads when mm. someone just says look we could all just sk-, and i I've, I've, as a kid we'd we'd show up at a outdoor hockey rink in canada you do, there's just these outdoor rinks they flood and people show up and, and typically when you get there there might be like eight or nine different little groups two two guys here three people there shooting pucks against the boards just skating around whatever and and no one is doing anything. And so when I would yeah. arrive, I'd holler out to everybody, "Hey, who wants to play a game?" And before you knew it, every everybody wanted to play a game. And so everybody no would, one no one was
0: stepping we, we up. We gathered and, in the middle. Yeah.
1: I would organize teams. I'd set the rules, and off we'd go, and we'd have an epic game. And I, I just my whole life, I just always everywhere I went, it just seemed like. Well, that's fine. Everybody's skating around aimlessly. Two guys just shooting a puck back and forth to each other. But like, it's, it's more fun to play a game. Everybody wants to do that. Yeah. It's just that everybody's sort of waiting for someone else to organize it. And hmm. so I'd get it organized and then I didn't have to be in charge anymore. Like now we had a game going. And if someone new came along later after the game started, I would just holler, okay, you, you play on that side. They're short one player or whatever. And we, I just kind of keep it going. But Uh, It sounds like you had a lot of natural propensity, towards leadership. For sure, I did. You know, and that partly being firstborn, being the oldest of my siblings, and partly just, just wiring. Uh, You know, some people are just not wired that way. They're not going to step up, and that's fine. But I've just I've discovered that in every social setting, you need some level of leadership, and leadership just makes things better when it when you lead well. That's what leadership is for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that, that I think sort of dovetails nicely into uh, my next question is um, this is a leadership podcast. You've written a book on leadership. Mm -hmm. You speak on leadership. You are a leader. Um, what is it that, that you feel like about leadership that makes it such an important thing? And you've touched on it some already, but, um, why is that something that you have just really dedicated a lot of your life to, uh, not just being a good leader, but teaching others to
1: be good leaders? Well, I'm passionate about it, and you know, my kids for years have uh, just joked about that. I remember my daughter, Carrie, one time, a, a pastor friend came was coming over, and, and my, my kids all knew this pastor. He was a lot of fun. They liked to banter with him when he came to our house. And so my daughter just sort of said, oh, he's coming over. And she kind of gave me this frown and said, you're not just going to talk about leadership, are you? <laughs> uh, because my kids just knew that I was passionate about that. And I got around other leaders. We, we tend yeah. to end up talking about that. But there's a couple of reasons why. And, it, it, and partly, I guess, it's because I've just over the years seen the, the uh, results of bad leadership or mm. weak leadership. And basically, people suffer. People suffer when there's not good leadership. It costs mm-hmm. it costs people when people don't lead well. So, for instance, I've known churches that had just floundered for years. I mean, churches sitting in vibrant neighborhoods where they should be reaching all kinds of young people, young families, and and seniors, and and yet the same handful of forty people attend that church and have been for the last thirty years. And the buildings run down and the church just does the same old programming uh, i mean you you think that you've got you're you've gone through a time warp back into the 1950s because nothing has changed since then hmm. and you you look and you and you think to yourself you know this is a whole neighborhood that god intended to have a christian witness but it doesn't get that witness because this church just sits there and never penetrates the community never does anything creative to get out into people's homes and to meet needs and so on. And so this community, this church is just aging out and one day will probably die because it just, the seniors that were left couldn't afford to keep the facility running. And you look at that and and you just say, but it could have been so much more. Hmm. And sometimes you see a new path, like maybe the pastor retires or uh, he steps aside finally. And another pastor comes along with a vision, with energy, with the, creativity, and entrepreneurship, and starts trying new things. And before you know it, the church is packed out. And you'd say, well, this church has been here for years. Uh, all of a sudden, it's reaching people. People are becoming Christians. Youth are getting programming now. And you think, well, well what happened? Well, just simply different leadership. And hmm. I've seen it with businesses. There's lots and lots of business stories of businesses that just sort of just kind of moped along, just uh, not really doing much, uh, may, barely making profits, if any. And then all of a sudden they changed management. And beforehand, everybody was making excuses why uh, it's just a real tough market and people, it yeah. must be a recession. People are not, aren't spending money and uh, whatever. Uh, and then all of a sudden you get a new person with some new ideas and all of a sudden it's the hottest item around. And and you realize, well, it, it was never the product. It was just leadership. The, this, this business was just really poorly run. And so I've, I've looked at that. And I'd say as well, sometimes the greatest leadership role of all, as we've said before, is parenting. And yeah. they're, they're, when parents don't lead their families well, I don't want to put all the blame on parents. Kids obviously make their own choices. But, uh, but at the same time, I've been around some families where it was obvious there was a lack of leadership, uh, a lack mm-hmm. of intervention, a lack of awareness. Things were going on in the in the kids' lives that the parents were just oblivious to, they or they just weren't addressing, uh, or they just were not creatively addressing issues. They just, I've got one way to parent. It's not, it's obviously not working on this child, but that's the only way I know how to parent. So that's that's what they're going to get. And so you again, you watch you watch people suffer because people aren't leading well. And what what drives me crazy is when leaders and we addressed this in a question that was submitted not long ago, but what what drives me crazy is when leaders just shrug their shoulders and say, "Well, I did the best I could." Uh or that's what we've always done and 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 they just sort of take the they they don't take the responsibility. It's like, "Well, I tried I tried something and it didn't work, so what else can I do?" Uh I call these people bureaucrats, not leaders, <laughs> bureaucrats are always just trying to not take any blame they just stay in their silo and say, Hey, I'm just, this is just my job. This is just what I do. If people don't like it. That's their problem. If, if things don't get better, it's not my fault. I just did what I was told. I just did what I, what was, you know, the, the, the what I knew to do, what I've always done. And so, but leaders that drives them crazy. A, a real leader does not just hold a position yeah, as I've said many times, real leaders solve problems. And so, when there's a problem, a leader tries something. If that doesn't work, they they try something else. They they bore down on the problem. They analyze the situation. They pray. They seek God's guidance. They 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 do whatever is necessary to finally find an answer. And they stay with it until things are better. And uh, I just so many times, I guess what's made me so passionate about leadership is. I just see a lot of people that are just kind of complacent leaders. They just, they, they sort of just lope along, but they could be so much better. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like you really come at this from a, uh,
0: from a problem solving perspective and not just a, you know, maybe, I don't know if there was someone in your life early on that you really looked up to as a leader, um, as an inspiration, but it, it's almost more just the lack of that that you've seen, that yeah. is, That's it's. There's been this deficiency yeah. that has
1: driven you to well, try you know, and fill I, that gap. I, of course, I grew up watching my dad, and I, my dad, you know, what certainly was the most influential person in my life growing up. But uh, it, it's not that he necessarily took me aside all the time and said, "Son, you know, you, God's called you to be a leader. I, let me let's talk through leadership issues." Uh, a lot of it was just watching him, and, yeah. And so on the positive side, and I've, you know, I've talked about this before, but uh, but, he, but every job pretty well that my dad came to was in disarray, was with death's door. And he, he never went to an easy job, an easy position. Sometimes he, he'd come to a job where there were people actively campaigning for him not to have the job and, um, and people that were opposing him every step of the way. Uh, or things were so uh, had declined so much that they weren't even sure they could afford to pay him anymore, but w- but every solitary place he ever left, that place became the happening place. That that became yeah. where the action was, and everybody wanted to be a part of it. And people were contacting him saying, "Can I come work with you?" Because I've always wanted to be a part of something that was so dynamic and exciting. And so I, I just I was just on the front row as an oldest son, just watching that and. So I saw, I mean, I just grew up watching what good leadership could do. Yeah, the and, difference that that would make. And then I watched, you know, what bad leadership could do. So, I mean, you you could have a really good church that was thriving and doing well. The That pastor would move on to his next assignment. And the next pastor would come in and just basically kill the church. And hmm. you think, well, that was such an exciting church. They had so many good people there. How could one leader come in and just shut things down so dramatically and devastatingly. But, uh, and so I just, a lot of it was just observation. I just began to see that, mm. um, that, you know, I, I watched what happened when a good leader showed up and I, I watched what happened when a bad leader showed up and it could be the very same organization. And and so I, I just saw the power of, of good leadership and the destructive nature of bad. I, mm. it, it doesn't take long uh, for a bad leader to unravel even a very good organization, and uh, and so that also again just makes me so passionate about trying to teach people that, and and that's why like I'll for instance I'll see some pastors uh, especially that are great great people. I mean they're just fun people to be around. If you're sick in the hospital, going to have surgery the next morning, you love to have them stop by and pray for you at your bedside. And but but then you watch them in their church and their the church is getting dated. They've got dated programming. They they don't have very many leaders that are emerging and these guys are just good old boys that real nice people but they're just they're I would call them they're leading at half mast. Yeah. It's like look there's so much more that you could be doing. Like I, I do I need a light of fire somewhere under you to like wake <laughs> you up like you you've got all these all these possibilities floating around. And people talking about it'd be great to have a youth program or it'd be great to reach out to this uh, retirement home that's right on the same street as the church. And here's all these possibilities. And, and here's a whole ethnic group that's in the community that we could reach out to. and But they just don't ever do it. They don't follow up. And and I just see lots of, lots of times these are not bad, evil people. It's just they're just content to just kind of Saunter along in life as a leader, and the the poor organization is is a half of what it could be, if only it was led better. Hmm. And and the worst thing, especially for a church, is that there's all kinds of people who could have been ministered to by the church that never are. And you know, same goes for businesses, and you could employees suffer because they're not led well. So if they'd had a good leader. Uh, their business would have been thriving, the employees would have had all kinds of new opportunities to lead and to, and to have new experiences, to grow personally, professionally. Uh, but the leader didn't try anything new, didn't grow the organization. So it was just the same old thing year in and year out. And, and after a while, you start losing employees who are really desperate for a challenge or some growth. Uh, and then these poor leaders are wondering why they can't hold on to anybody, why nobody yeah. wants to work with us and be a, be a part of our company. And and you realize, well, it's because you're not leading. And it's a demoralizing thing to have to work under a non-leader. For sure. Well, let's take a quick break here. Hi, this is Richard Blackaby, president of Blackaby Ministries International. And I want to tell you about an exciting opportunity coming up on April 6th to eight in 2020, where I'll be speaking in a conference on increasing your spiritual influence. And we'll be at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove, just outside of Asheville, North Carolina. If you've never been to that wonderful place, it is just a God-blessed place that Billy Graham established so that people could get away and just be taught for the Word of God and be restored, have their cup filled. I've spoken there many times, and I'm particularly excited about this conference because we're gonna be talking about how to increase your influence. And we'll look at perhaps increasing your influence with the younger generation, with your kids' and grandkids' uh, ages. How can you have an impact on the youth of today? Uh, We'll also talk about culture. Culture is a huge, huge issue today that's greatly impacting young people and people of all ages. How could we not just be influenced by Hollywood, but actually be an influencer for culture? We'll also talk about how to be an influence in the church. A lot of people come to me and say, my church is really struggling, but I don't know that I can make any difference. I'm just a church member. But you can make a difference, and you can make a greater difference if you'll let God show you how. And finally, we'll just talk about influence in the marketplace. Some people say, well, I'm not a pastor I'm or a missionary. I'm, I'm just uh, a, a, someone who works in the in the business world. And yet uh, people are discovering that you can have enormous influence for God's kingdom right there where God placed you. It's going to be an exciting time. We're looking forward to bringing some Blackaby family members to help me out with uh, some of the teaching and ministry. And so if you've never been there before, uh, I encourage you to register soon. We'll have a registration link in the show notes, the, the housing always fills up. And then people will contact us and say, I tried to register and they don't have any more housing available. So let me encourage you, if you're thinking at all about doing that, go online and secure your place now. And uh, I really look forward to spending a couple of days with you in the Blue Ridge Mountains outside of Billy Graham's home. And it's guaranteed you're gonna have a wonderful time and a wonderful encounter with God. So
0: Richard, uh, maybe just one more question before yeah. uh, we go today. For you in particular, Uh, What would you tell your 20-year-old Richard Blackaby Uh, as he was just starting out, you know, maybe that first leadership position that you had, uh,
1: knowing what you know now— what, what advice would you give yourself? That's a great question. Yeah, I, that would be awesome. I'd, I'd probably tell them, look, you got a lot of lean years cheering for those Buffalo Sabres. <laughs>
0: I'll warn you now. Well, yeah. Uh, that's 20, just, or 20. just, hey, just let's go ahead and defect and find a, yeah, a winning cut team. Cut your losses. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that'd be so awesome to do that. And uh, I, if I could go back and sit down with myself, there, I would love to mentor that 20-year-old. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I would be putting some books in their hands in my hands and saying, look, here's some great books. D- just get around great people. And my dad kind of did that with me, but, uh, I would just say, here's some biographies of people who changed the world. This could be you, you, God could change the world through you as well. So just get yourself always around influencers like that. But a lot of things also just kind of came intuitively for me and just, just by watching others. And it wasn't as systematic as maybe it could have been. I think maybe someone walking with me could have helped me just to to, to have more takeaways as I watch good and bad leadership. And, uh, I I wish there weren't a lot of leadership books out there back when I was 20. It's now there's a proliferation, but, but back then, uh, there were a few and, you know, I, I, I think ultimately I got to most of them, but it, it would have been great to have someone just put them in my hands and then have someone to talk about them with. But, uh, oftentimes leaders kind of, they sort of emerge in isolation. They they're yeah. just kind of feeding their way and trial and error, and so I think I could have saved myself a lot of time if I'd learned some of these lessons sooner. Mm-hmm. And I could have if someone had just helped me to focus and and understand what was going on around me. But uh, and so I cr- encourage people if you are a younger leader, especially, I you know I'm not necessarily big on like regular one on one mentoring, but but hey, when you get around some guy that really has a lot of experience and wisdom take them to lunch at least. You don't have to meet with them every month or every week, but just get around people and just, and ask lots of questions. Um, yeah. I, I, if I were 20 and I could talk to me now, but uh, I just would keep asking questions. I would just, I would just keep pumping my, me with, well, what about this? What about that? What, what would you warn me about this? Or what would you encourage me to do here? And, uh, there's so much I could have just, I think I could have done so much more if I just known some of these things sooner. Mm. And so yeah i I so for our listeners find some people like that and just and and humble yourself enough just to ask you know even just hey, I'm a twenty year old what 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 don't I know yet that yeah. I need to know and right. then then just be quiet, let people tell you uh and if you are in a humble posture like that, uh there's so much you could learn that will save you a lot of time, and you know if you learn something when you're twenty instead of when you're forty. Just think of those 20 years and how much more effective you can be in those 20 years because you learn something early Mm. instead of later. It's great if you learn something when you're 60, but then you look back and say, but if I'd only known this 40 years ago, just imagine (laughs) all the other things I could have done and how many people I could have blessed if I'd only been the kind of leader I I could have been many years earlier well for those who don't have someone to sit down with uh, we hope that you're
0: uh, taking something away from this podcast that that you are taking your leadership to the next level Uh, Richard it's been a pleasure to kind of walk down memory lane with you and kind of pick your brain a little bit to see how leadership works and uh, until next time Uh, Richard we like to always uh, try and answer as many questions as we can from our listeners and we have uh, a question here submitted by Brayden. Um, he asks for a young, a young man who t- attends a, a faithful Bible-believing church but notices some lacks of leadership in major ways. The church is small, but it's uh, declining in membership, and it's not doing much in the community. This person is very loyal uh, to the church, uh, but is getting very discouraged with what he sees and, and how things are being run. Should this person uh, consider leaving the church or try and stay and, and speak up and, and make a difference?
1: That's a great question. That's often a common issue that many yeah. many people face. Uh, several things just to say about that. Uh, there's you know stuff we don't know just from this question, but uh, there are a lot of times where you may have found christ in a smaller church uh maybe you got turned around because you met someone you got involved in a small church that loved you and and led you to to god and uh you know i i always feel a certain stewardship of that yeah Uh, and i feel like if god uh intercepted my life with this small congregation uh then god may have wanted me to be a part of this he's he's let me become involved here and so I, I feel like I want to do everything I can to, to give something back, especially to a church where maybe I found salvation or I, maybe I found my, my spouse or I was baptized or married. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't mean you have a lifelong commitment there, but you certainly ought to try to do what you can to be a part of giving back to a church and helping it. And so, uh, I, I would, cer- I would say certainly, uh, you need to try to, uh, talk with, uh, leaders. And at least before, don't just leave. I always tell people, yeah. don't, don't just disappear and all of a sudden stop attending. Uh, if you really do care about the church, then at least have a sit down with the pastor, uh, and, and, and let him know if nothing else to tell them why you may be leaving. Uh, can I also say this, and this sometimes is, is hard for some folks uh, to hear, but, uh, if you're a small church that's, that is declining and is not penetrating your community, there's, it's usually a leadership issue. I've, I've seen this over and over and over again, where churches don't have to be quite as small as they are. Churches don't have to be declining. Yeah. Uh, the reason they're declining is because they failed to make some adjustments to get in their community. Uh, they failed to make adjustments to attract maybe younger members. And so uh, they don't have to be declining. They don't even have to be that small. But when he says that there's only the pastor and one other elder, in a church of a hundred or less, um, if you, if you've got just that small of a leadership, uh, group in a church like that, that, that suggests to me that the pastor is not developing leaders. Mm. Uh, it, 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 he's not multiplying himself. And of course that's going to lead to decline inevitably. Yeah. So, um, my advice would be, uh, perhaps you're part of the solution Maybe you're that young leader that that church really needs and they haven't been good at cultivating it and you and and developing you, but at least go and try to be a part of the solution. And perhaps you see some things. Don't just go and say, well, you don't have anything for young adults. You don't have anything for this or that, you know, go and say, Hey, I, there's nothing right now for my age group, but I'd be willing to try to start something. If you'd be willing to let me, I maybe I can start a Bible study. You know, maybe I can do some kind of outreach. Uh, but I'd like to try to at least address the issue. Uh, try to pre- present solutions, not just complaints. But I would also say, if the, the if the leader feels threatened, if the leader doesn't want other leaders in the church, he kind of wants to be the leader, uh, then there may come a point where you have to just say, "Well, I just have to respectfully. I want to thank you for all that you've done for me." and how you've invested in my life but for me to go to the next level in my Christian walk and in my service I need to find a place where I can serve and if God has wired you to be a leader then you probably you're going to need some outlet to uh exercise leadership uh for the Lord for the church and Absolutely. so it, it may mean you have to go but uh don't go easily yeah. and and you know sometimes I've and had And don't
0: to... go without without saying why.
1: Right, let them know and 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 those people need to know and when they when you watch talented young sincere, uh, leaders leaving your church. Hopefully that'll be a wake up call to say, we cannot afford to have people like that leaving. We need to make some adjustments, Yeah. but, uh, it usually when that's the case, it's, it's, those are usually symptoms of some, some weaker leadership in the church. Uh, and hopefully they're open enough that if you'll come humbly graciously offering just to help address some of the problems, uh, you may be actually the answer to their prayer. Um, hmm. but uh, but but take the lead if you're a leader step up and lead and yeah. if uh, the church just won't let you then perhaps that may be a sign that ultimately you need to move on but at least give it your best shot and uh, you might be surprised and you might end up uh, having the opportunity to bring about some very significant changes that bring new life to that church
0: great well thank you Braden for the question yeah. and for anyone else who would like to submit questions podcast at blackabee.org.
1: Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, review us on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. If you have questions or comments, please email us at podcast at